Hello, welcome to Sitcom Geeks. We are at the Gilded Balloon. I'm here with Dave Cohen, as usual. Hello. And we're also here with Abigail Burdis. Hello. Who is a podcast regular and favourite. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks, guys. And available at short notice. Yes. <laughs> yes. And constantly yes. available. Yes. Uh, we are recording this in a slightly echoey room, um, which may get filled with people at any point, we don't know. So please forgive us. There's also some air conditioning going on. Uh, so, uh, so that's all to enjoy and part of the Atmos. It's a bit like a fringe show, though, isn't it? It is a bit like a fringe yes. show. Suddenly... Halfway through mine yesterday, I realised the air conditioning was on and I probably oh. couldn't turn it off. Right. But it, it sort of annoyed me that I felt that it didn't matter. I just yeah. thought, oh, I think that... In a way, I thought, well, no, I think everyone's focused on the show. I don't think it's... Yeah. That's good. And then, after the, and then another point, it felt like someone with a thousand Tesco trolleys went just outside of our yeah. venue right. on a very cobbly surface. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that wasn't ideal. Our aircon went... <clears throat> Like halfway through the show. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Did it sound, uh, sounded yeah. like a really rude uh, heckler. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I'm talking of which, we've got someone who's about to start doing hoovering. Oh, that's Yay. okay. So, uh, so that's uh, all to the good. Yes, that's okay. A bit of ambience. Yeah, uh, ambient noise. Like Can we just all uh, say why we're here? Why we're here? Tell us about your show. Let's ask our guest first. Uh, It's called Abigail's Party Comedy Cabaret at the Underbelly Med Quad at 10 to 10. Yeah, not Um, to be mistaken for... Not to be mistaken for the Mike Lee play. Please do not come expecting it to be the Mike Lee play. As one of your audiences have done. Yes, we had a large group in Mm. who were deeply disappointed. That's it. It's gone fine so far, really (laughs) well. We had one bad night and and afterwards they were like, we thought it was going to be... We brought our friends from America to see the play. And I was like... Oh, you really should Instead, do your research. You should read the thing. Yeah. Read the yeah. blurbs. Yeah. Well, that's better than what I had many, many, many years ago when I brought a student company up here uh, with the world premiere of two plays by Woody Allen, uh, which was absolutely fantastic and the fringe programme and everything. And uh, every day there were queues all the way up from our uh, from the venue up the hill and um, a week before we came we got a call from Samuel French uh, publisher oh. saying sorry we've had a bit of a mix up here we've not been able to get clearance you can't do the show um, so at the last minute uh, we managed to get a Belgian mime artist uh, <laughs> called Patrick Beckers who's brilliant who's very funny so uh, every day for two weeks I had to stand outside our venue uh, shout to these 300 people that uh, afraid we can't do the Woody Allen uh, show, <laughs> but, and the but was really that because uh, 300 pairs of feet scampering away. Yeah. We have got a Belgian mime artist called Patrick Beckers, <laughs> and he's really good. Um, and he used to get about 10, 10 people would stay and watch him, you know. Yeah. But, uh, so, so, yeah. That's so fringe, isn't it? A Belgian that. mime artist. <laughs> not, not a comedian, not no. a stand up comedian, yeah. or a storyteller, or something. It's like, no, we've got a Belgian mime artist. Very funny Belgian mime artist. No, 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 but the thing is, that's not what you want to see. <laughs> no. if yeah, you, it's not the replacement. Well, it's, it's not. It's yeah, hardly not, like for like. It's yes, not exactly, no. So, uh, but that's not why I'm here. Uh, I'm here for, for three days. I'm doing a show called Immigrant Diaries. Um, well, I'm, not, I'm just ten minutes of the show. I'm telling a little story uh, about being a third-generation immigrant. It's a great show run by Sajila Kershaw. I'm with Paul Sinha and Shazia Mirza today and tomorrow, I think. So, um, so yes, that's, and that's at the stand. Uh, stand 3 and 4, 3 p.m. Um, oh, it's lovely out by there as well I, was, I walked yeah. past the stand the other day and it felt like I just got off Princess Street and I'd just come from the Gilded Balloon sort of area and suddenly it just felt like you were in proper Edinburgh 
but also there was this fantastic comedy club there mm. and it's such a great place and you're also walking towards the sea you can sort of see it in the yeah, distance yeah. Yeah. oh it's so lovely around there yeah. so it's worth it even just to go get, get <laughs> to, to there the to the, go yeah. to the stand it's worth going for the view alone well it just kind of because it's not by all of the ma- other no. major venues but it also it's a property mm. com- proper comedy club yeah. that does comedy all, all year, year round, round. Yeah. 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 And well they, actually well, while we're on that subject because we're, we're, we're talk, going to talk a bit, a bit later anyway about there not being enough uh, being too many shows uh, and there have been other is- there are a lot of other issues as well and one of the issues is that the, the fringe uh, concentrate too much on like the centre of town and uh, Standard Life who own this lovely square St Andrew's Square up by the bus station they usually let them have like tents their Spiegel tent and things and they've closed it this year for the first time ever so it's very very quiet around that end of town so that's a, it's a bit, bit of a quiet spot so if you like stand up comedy and you're in Edinburgh go to one of the stand venues because there's yeah. lots of it there yeah uh, there was a, I mean the St Andrew's State, St Andrew's Square is still open it's just a park like it is mm. all year round and as a result of that, it's rather lovely. Yeah. Um, I was in another square not far from there the other day and I saw the book festival oh, yeah. was just sort of setting up at that point. Because mm-hmm. what Edinburgh needs more of in August... <laughs> is on festivals. Top, on top of the military tattoo, the international festival and the fringe festival, which on its own is the largest festival on earth. Yeah. I mean, they should do the Burning Man here as well, <laughs> shouldn't they? Chuck it in the mix. They, well, they should make a Burning Man out of yeah. flyers. Yeah. And then burn him. <laughs> to, <laughs> or be, her. to be fair, they, uh, the film festival uh, moved moved to June because they 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 saw a gap in the yeah. market of like not having a festival related to the arts uh, during the arts festival. Yeah, uh, and it, it was a bit of a risk, really, because you know the other thing is there are hundreds and thousands of people coming here to see culture that's what it's about so so it's sort of understandable but I think it is quite successful for yeah. that well I think I mean well this is for me the, the big question which we can uh, talk about is the fact that it is great that there are an, an extra million people here prepared to go to stuff and therefore you can run your your film festival or everything or do your show but now is it at the point where it's so big that it's not worth coming here because you'll never be seen or never be found mm. um, uh, or is that not really a worry I mean every, I mean, context I think I did my first Edinburgh in 96 mm-hmm. and then 97 and then I came back in 99 to do Infinite Number of Monkeys and then 2000, 2001 and around about that sort of 2000 time I think there were 700 shows and everyone said this is getting ridiculous. Mm. The festival is too long and there are too many shows. Now, the festival is as long and there are now 3,200 <laughs> shows. Yeah. So there are five times more shows mm. than there were. There are more tickets sold every year, mm. but I don't think there are five times more tickets sold every year. Mm. So, you know, is that... Well, I don't know. Or is it just like the beauty of the Fringe Festival is the fact that no one's in control. Uh, the, the first time I came as a professional uh, was 1984, and the big story. So I am. <laughs> this is my 40th year. This is a, it's 40 wow. years. Wow. Exactly yeah. 40 years ago this week, yeah. I came to Edinburgh for the first time, and they were uh, still building the castle. <laughs> I was, well, I was Labour. I was brought in <laughs> there. Yeah. Um, and, um, That's the immigrant story. Yeah. It was. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, it was just, and, and it, it, 
I sort of, in many ways, I sort of wish I had it. It was a kind of life-changing episode, really, because it, it was what I thought, oh, God, you know, and I saw, I wasn't performing, but I came, I saw 16 shows in four days. I, I you know, I got, became an emotional wreck. I got a job for one day working uh, in the bar at the Café Royal uh, and got sacked. <laughs> because uh, I couldn't understand where the put your heavy what uh. that was. Uh, <laughs> pardon? Put your heavy! Uh, oh, oh, pint of he- what heavy? Is that mild or bitter? Heavy! You know, right? <laughs> and then, uh, is that pretty sure uh, the heavy isn't mild, yeah, well, even uh, Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, that'll be £1.80, please. What? It'll be one pound eight. One pound eighty. So that's I, what really I, I dates last, him, isn't it? It's yeah. one pound eighty. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the yeah. dated thing. Yeah. Right. Sorry. I lasted about sort of two hours, and right. then uh, then uh, Elvis Presley died in that weekend as well. So it was, just, it was like a phenomenal weekend. Um, and it's changed my life. Do you know what? That sounds like an Edinburgh show. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> Your first Edinburgh is yeah. an Edinburgh yeah. show. It is. Elvis well, died and changed my life in Edinburgh. Well, you know, I have been um, I've been thinking a little bit funnily enough about, about that, but only on top of the thinking of every year that I come, I think I'm never ever going to bring a show here ever yeah. ever again. Um, yeah, then I do. But it, uh, just, just so, but to the point I was making in 1984, the big story in the Scotsman in 1984, uh, the fringe has got out of hand. It's too right. big. These comedy people coming up from London, have, they're, they're, they've taken it over. It's and it's it's too big. Uh, yeah, that's only a few years into the Perrier, isn't it? Well, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And um, that was, um, you know, and it was only sort of two years after like the young ones and, and things. And so, so it was. It is a perennial thing, and yes, it is massive now, and it has got out of hand. But you know, what do you come to Edinburgh for? You have to, you have to kind of think about why you're here, what you want to do when you come here, and you know, uh, if if it bothers you, you're financially or emotionally or whatever, that you're going to lose a lot of money. Uh, you're going to have frustrating days when there's a tiny audiences you know if that sort of thing is going to worry you then you kind of it's hard to do hard yeah. to do it yeah, really yeah. Yeah. and it, it's it really it's like and what I was thinking of on the way here um was that it, it really you are exposed it's not, you're not just you coming up with your idea to do a show you know you are competing with Frankie Boyle, who's doing ten nights at the uh, exhibition set or whatever. So you're, you know, you are in competition for an audience with with. You are with, in with the big boys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know you are totally exposed. And if there is, if there is a slight single flaw, a weakness in you or your show, and there is, and there will be, yeah. then you know you will have. What are you talking about? It will not only be yeah. exposed, but you will be re- forced to repeat it 23 yeah, times. it is the repetition. <laughs> yeah, and if you're in comedy, you're already a dysfunctional person anyway, yes. I, I, I would suggest. Yes, a given. That's kind of what you... Uh, well, I think on that, point. I mean, I, to build on that, I was thinking just beforehand as I was um, walking here about why you would do Edinburgh. And I think there are, I think you need to know why you're yeah. doing it. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, I think it's too hard. Mm. Um, because if you, so, so why, I don't quite know why I'm here this year, I'll be completely mm. honest. But I'm, so I'm doing a show called Amongst Tale, which is um, uh, 95 Theses in 59 Minutes for uh, Martin Luther's 500th anniversary of the 95 Theses. And it's touring September, October, November. We sort of already had the show, or at least we knew we would have a show, and it felt like, worth doing it would help the tour 
it would possibly open up some possibilities for me in terms of people seeing a different side to my writing that isn't situation comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've written a few songs. Um, what? And, uh, and then, uh, Boy, yes, and get um, off my patch, Gary. <laughs> and uh, this, is, this town ain't big enough for the both of us. Uh, and then um, also the cast, I think, were keen to come. And so, for, so for me, I'm just sort of trying to get my money back, um, yeah. and you know, have people come and see the show. And it's also led to a few bookings for the tour and stuff. So I think overall, I'll be very happy. I'll be, I'd say, very happy. Fairly fine. happy with it, fine, fine with it. <laughs> but it is worth thinking: what are you trying to achieve? And so, I think I wrote down one, two, three, four, five, six possible things you're trying to achieve, and you and you sort of really probably need to hit one or two of them, yeah. and not worry about the rest. Before one you, is I was just that, before on. you say them, maybe Abby, do you know why? I actually uh, wrote down what I was trying to get. Oh, out great! Of. You made yeah. a mission statement. I did a mission statement, and I just because I've got I've gone low risk this yeah. year because I'm in a small venue. And so we're selling out and stuff. So, so that's fine. Yeah. So that's um, uh, and I selling think, out a small venue really helps. Yeah, really. Last year, in 2013, we had a smaller venue for my God Particle play, and we just kept just selling it out and selling out the next day. Yeah, just before and then. Whereas at the moment, we've now got a bigger venue, which we never, which I don't think we're ever going to quite sell out. Yeah. And therefore, we're never going to quite. Possibly you're, you're even hit the same number. Yeah, we're 150. Yeah, big, whereas yeah. we were 80, but that was all I could get. Yeah. Um, so I had to kind of get what I was given, really. Uh, but selling out 40, it's just like there's nothing, you know, better than just knowing that you've sold your tickets and then you can, you know, pre start selling the next I've, day. I have the same number of seats in my venue as my age. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and does make me sort of slightly go, oh my God, yeah, 42. I'm, and yeah. I've got a. 42 seat that yeah. is a sad sad have you, have you numbered them and know who's sitting <laughs> in the really bad years yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, being, so drunk I said, and excess year yeah yeah, yeah. I sort yeah. of said I'm due to drugs year there was there were yeah. several of those years right. so, that was a, so, so what's your mission statement my mission statement is have fun and break even Okay. So that's my. Okay. That's the new. That's the new phrase. Actors uh, yeah. say break even instead of break a leg. Yes. Yeah. Break, break even. even. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. So, um, so there are a variety of reasons as to why you might come. I think that's as good as any. Mm. Um, the first one is pure and simple money. There are some people who can make money out of the festival, mm. and they can sell eight hundred tickets. I, I was having a coffee with a comedian a couple of days ago, and discovered he was playing an eight hundred seater, filling it every night, easy. Um, and it's nice for them to the attraction for them is they can do the same show quite yeah. a few times and not have to stay in a travel lodge in 15 different towns yeah. they can just do yeah, the same yeah. so I, I kind of get that so there's, there's sort of money and just being on the scene then there's awareness so it may be that you want like you, you may have been commissioned by a charity to write a play and the main aim is to get as many people to have a different understanding of an issue say um I don't know, uh, refugees or autism or, um, uh, you know, um, sort of childhood obesity or whatever it is. And so the the actual main issue is not that people, that you make money, but that people see the show and therefore ticket price doesn't matter so much. You know what I mean? So that's, that's one way of going, which is the opposite end of the spectrum, really. Another one is... The non-narcissists end of the The non-narcissists end. <laughs> Literally never considered. Yeah, but you do not belong in this town. Um, and then there's the critical acclaim. So you sort of want to either invent your career or reinvent your career by getting good reviews and suddenly being the talk of the town. 
Um, and that may be a comedian trying to get onto the next level. It may be, you know, wh- whatever it is. And then there's the, I'm trying to get a West End transfer and I've written, <laughs> and I've written a play that yeah. I think could be, you know what I mean? Yeah, so that's yeah. probably more theatre than comedy, but not necessarily. Um, and then there's the sort of industry acclaim, as in, I would like a television show, please. Um, or I would like to move on to the next level to go from sketch writer to doing my own thing or yeah. being, in a, being on a panel to doing my own show. I mean, I remember Lee Mack really hammering that a few years ago, um, doing a show that really was a TV show, apparently. And that turned into his radio show, and then he ended up with a sitcom, and so it worked. And then the last thing is, which I would say for a lot of people starting out particularly, is you're looking to make friends in the industry and impress your friends. Uh, So you just want, you know, you're on the first couple of rungs of the ladder, you want to show what you can do, you're not going to get a TV show or make any money. Um, you might not even get reviewed. Mm. But other people from the venue or people that you meet here will come and see it and go, yeah. oh, that's really interesting. And then next year you come back with a show that's better, that maybe is collaborating with someone else, and you start to, you just start to build on what you've got. Mm. Um, whereas I think people just think... But that's an artistic motivation, isn't yeah. it? It's like finding collaborators or finding yeah, yeah. finding your place yeah. within... And improving your craft as yeah, well. Yeah. And, doing, and, and exposing yourself, as you were saying, um, to those weaknesses and trying to get better yeah. and performing to an audience who have never met you before, yeah. which is quite a new experience. And a Scottish audience to boot. A Scottish and, audience and to boot. And the audience... <laughs> what, what I used to love was the fact that the audience was aged from sort of 14 to 60 yeah, yeah. Whereas, uh, in London when you're or in stand, when you're doing stand up the whole time you're playing to permanently to uh, 18 to 24 yeah, yeah there's a younger crowd oh, I've just, I've, so I'll just say on that before we go move on the, um, my friend uh, lovely comedian Tom Price um, who he said one of his one of his top moments of the fringe ever was when he'd done a really tough um, early date at the Fringe and he's a very well spoken English sounding person even though I think he's sort of Welsh and um, he sort of he, he saw one of the guys at the bar afterwards a really dour Scotsman who then said uh, I saw your show it was alright <laughs> and Tom just was dancing on air punching the air yeah. just thinking yeah. this is the most That's wonderful the most, yeah. that is a good, that, yeah. I'm glad you did the accent yeah. you went yeah. for it I, yeah. I, yeah. you do get a lot of that like you, you do chuckle 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 and yeah. in the end that, mm. that was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my yeah. life yeah. <laughs> 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 you're like yeah. thanks dude yeah. wow yeah. Yeah. tell your face um, I've I just had a theory listening to what you yes. were saying and mm. so this this is this is the hottest hot take mm. that you will ever get um <laughs> the grand unified from, theory of edinburgh from from a, a point of view of a, of a writer uh, and i and i may be wrong about this but i'm suddenly thinking one of the reasons and um, james and i get frustrated and talk about this most podcasts about mm. uh, the rise of the writer performer and the decline of the writer uh and i th- and thinking about it I think I wonder if the fringe is to a large extent responsible for that <laughs> yeah. because when I was coming up here in the 80s uh, and there was uh, all my generation of comedians there was no career in comedy we were people we were writers and pe- people who just kind of came through and everybody was writing and everybody was performing and the people who were writing did, did plays and things and people like me uh, I, I was writing plays as well as doing my stand-up show and you'd do a play you'd write a play 
um, but it would go under comedy rather than theatre. Mm. Um, there were a lot of plays that came out in the late 80s, early 90s, and pe- uh, uh, people like Arthur, Arthur Smith, uh, a play like um, the Gary Lineker play, and these were all, everybody was, would think, oh, these, this is going to change the face of the fringe act, because these comedians are now branching out, they're doing theatre as well. But because of the nature of, of it being comedy, you, you kind of you, you have to call your thing comedy rather than theatre. Yeah. It sort of made theatre, in inverted commas, much more theatre than what theatre used to be, which was yeah. comedy and tragedy. Yeah. And sitcom is comedy yeah. and tragedy. Yeah, yeah. And that's I'm, I'm, I'm literally making up this theory <laughs> yeah, as no, I go true. along. Well, in 2013, my God Particle it. play was a play, yeah. but I was very keen it was classified as comedy and not theatre. Yeah. Um, I don't you have to do a lot of extra work to get people to to know that it's they're coming to see comedy. Yeah, I, yeah, it's classification. I think is important, and also comedy is the world that I know, and therefore I don't particularly want to step into that yeah. Edinburgh Fringe Theatre world. So, um, but also there's been a whole load of influence, hasn't there, since then on the theatre world of that kind of like European style and the circus and all of that. Well, that's kind of always been there, I think. Has but, it? But I, I, I think what's I think it's a bit sad actually thinking about it that comedy hasn't uh, sort of got into the, 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 the world of the stand-up hasn't gone more into the sort of the world of the theatre in the same way like, like you're saying the European theatre Japanese mm. drama uh, whatever the lady boys of um, Bangkok Bangkok all these various exotic shows but having to explain that to my nine year old was quite fun <laughs> we don't we don't get much of that in Somerset where we live ah. so um, you think Whereas, you don't get much where of I that. live in Bangkok <laughs> yeah. very common yeah yeah, yeah. No, so what are you are you saying that that because what are you talking about the rise of the writer because I, I am I'm basically part of the reason I'm doing a show is just to remind people that I am a performer so I can get a bit more yeah. okay. acting work yeah. because yeah. you get more paid more for it yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'd be like remember guys remember I do the jokes as well on the on yeah. the TV yeah, yeah so um yeah, you, but you th- you guys are like we hate the writer performers. Uh, <laughs> no, well I'm I'm a writer Not performer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't say it in front of you, yeah, can I? Yeah. No, no. I think all we're doing we we acknowledge that it is interesting that the idea of a sitcom now, especially a mainstream sitcom, being written purely by writers. I know, it's so in fact, not even non-mainstream. I mean, all of these shows are written by writer performers. Mm. And therefore, it is frustrating. the days of yeah, um, Galton and Simpson, and to some extent, Marks and Grand and Roy Clark, who I know are still going, but it's all right for them because they've established themselves and Clement and Lafrenet as yeah. well. But this sort of the Esmonds and Larbys of this world, mm. um, it is sort of harder and harder because people are commissioners, controllers, maybe even audiences are more comfortable with the idea of a writer performer. Who, who knows what they're good at and knows what they are selling yeah. and the controller or commissioner knows what they're buying. Yeah. Um, and it's been a tried and tested formula with, with that. And in one sense, that's no different from going back to the 50s uh, when TV and variety were still sort of colliding and working out yeah. how to... Well, so it's almost gone full circle, yeah, in fact. Sitcoms were like one-act dramas. Um, so that's why sitcoms were not as gag heavy but they were still funny but they had a little they were like little self-contained stories um i mean i i used to come up i sort of roughly alternate i'd do stand up one year and i'd do a play the next year i'd so so i was still writer performer but um 
it was doing the play uh, side of it that, I, that this, looking back now, I sort of think, I wonder if, if I had been embraced more or I had been able to know more about the world of theatre, if I'd been able to yeah. do it as a theatre show rather than just as a comedy show. Yeah. And, you know, it just... I mean, I'm, but writing plays is a brilliant discipline, isn't it? For writing, I mean... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah no, yeah, sure. That's the thing mm. that makes you writing... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, writing now. Writing for Edinburgh, like, for presumably, yeah. you know, and, and you, you've got your very small cast and yeah. you've got your 55 minute yeah. slot, block, yeah. Uh, yeah. slot, and that's that's it, really. Yeah, I mean, it's, the, quite, it's quite interesting, and there are narrative arcs now in all of the stand up shows. Yeah, mm. it's quite, it's quite, or even, the, you know, everyone always goes on about the imposed narrative arc, yeah, the, where you they have a minute 46 they go and that's when I realised yeah yeah you know, you know they do they do their proper yeah. they do their stuff and they they force the arc on it and then they have a moment of realisation yeah especially if they haven't it. got a, yeah. a natural a natural I mean that's the thing I mean that's the thing I remember I think listening to maybe Stuart Goldsmith uh, comedians comedian podcast but just talking to stand-ups generally is if something terrible happens in their life the They're thing like, another yes! that's your Edinburgh that's set. it yeah. We're there. I've got it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Here I am spending two weeks in hospital, you know, nursing a child back to health. Yeah. Um, but that's my Ember show oh, sorted. Yeah. yeah. I've got throat cancer. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes. not so good for doing the show. Well, yeah, but yeah. no, I'll have to use a. Oh, uh, there'll be some sort of. Special. I'll have to. I'll have yeah. to use a thing, and that will make it even more stand out. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Might even get a grant. You never know. <laughs> Um, so um, yeah, so yeah, I think it would be interesting to know out of all of the comedies that are being performed at the Fringe, how many of them have been written by somebody who is not in them, and I would say it's probably less than five percent, yeah. probably two percent, one percent. And all I mean to, and therefore that's what I sort of caution people about doing Edinburgh is if if you are a writer and have no interest in performing whatsoever, then Edinburgh possibly isn't for you, unless you know, you know performers, as to some extent, uh, what's his name did with the League of Gentlemen, he was the fourth member who yeah, was yeah. a writer but not a performer. If you're and that worked for him. specific performers, yeah. I think that is yeah. a So it may be that you need to team up with someone and just work with it, rather than sort of staying home and getting yeah. miserable and angry that the fringe isn't for you. Mm. I think yeah. I may um, I may run with this theory now, and I may try and uh, do something that would be called theatre next year rather than comedy, and see and we'll I'll play report, about Elvis. Dying, I'll report yeah. back. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we can have this conversation, <laughs> yes. can't okay. we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Episode seventy about a young man who goes to Edinburgh. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, Stays so in a broom cupboard. It's Twenty-five yeah. years yeah. since I went. Yeah, Twenty-five yeah. years is my first. How many times have you been? Here we go. Exciting. So people are starting to noise. come. Yeah, background yeah, noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. They are literally building a show now around us. Yes, that's okay. right. <laughs> they are not. Um, I think uh, it is probably time to knock it on the head anyway. I think we've done pretty well for our little special. So um, thanks very much for listening. Uh, Abigail, tell us one more time where we can see you. You can see me at the Underbelly Meg Quad at 10 to 10 in the evening. In the 10, evening. 10, 10, yeah. Yeah. You can see my show, Monk's Tale, at the Gilded Balloon Wine Bar at uh, 11.30am in the morning, suitable for families, and 95 theses in 59 minutes. And uh, Dave? Well, in fact, well, I'm, uh, probably by the time this goes out... I we might put it out very quickly. <laughs> right, we will. OK, well, uh, 3 o'clock this afternoon. Oh, OK, uh, I don't think we're going to add that. 3 o'clock quick. tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> the stand. Stand Great. 3. Great. 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. 
Well, that concludes our Edinburgh special podcast, and uh, I think we got away with it. Cheerio. <laughs> Bye.